0: This is a special and off-cycle edition of Combat Story. With the recent attacks and chaos in Afghanistan, I wanted to sit down with someone who spent years on the front lines in that theater, and who better than John Shrek McPhee. Welcome to Combat Story. I'm Ryan Fugit, and I serve Warzone Tours as an army attack helicopter pilot and CIA officer over a 15-year career. I'm fascinated by the experiences of the elite in combat. On this show, I interview some of the best to understand what combat felt like on their front lines. This. Is combat story. Regular listeners will know him well, but for those who haven't heard of John, he's also known as the Sheriff of Baghdad and spent 20 years in the Army Special Operations Community, from Ranger Battalion to Group to Delta Force. He retired as a Sergeant Major from the most elite unit in the US military and now owns SOB Tactical. As usual, Shrek holds nothing back and gives an operator's perspective of what's happening and why this outcome was always going to be the case. Most importantly, however, is John's message to the thousands of veterans processing these scenes, emotions, and memories today. While I had Shrek, I took the opportunity to ask some questions we've received from listeners, we talk whiskey, and we find out what Shrek watches on Netflix. I hope you enjoy this third round combat story with Shrek as much as I did. Shrek, thanks for coming back for round three.
1: What's up? What's let's, up? let's just quickly
0: start with the bottle you showed me before I hit record. What's the story behind this one? Ancient age, 10-year. Bourbon.
1: Yeah. Um, so this Buffalo Trace distillery, right, makes Buffalo Trace and Blanton's and, you know, uh, Weller's and Colonel Taylor and Pappy Van Winkle and they're all off the same mash bill, the same initial, you know, uh, corn, corn rye, whatever the mixture is, the mash bill. Um, and then for somehow, uh, some get rejected and it becomes this. <laughs> that's, that's
0: the rejected
1: portion? <laughs> right. Hey, 28, 28 bucks. 28 bucks for the handle, right? So I'm in a Virginia ABC store. I didn't even expect to find anything good, right? It's ABC. Like, the states never have any good kind of booze or whatever. So um, I see this, so I grab two, 28 bucks for a half gallon. Like, I grab two of them. And then the lady's, like, trying to scan it, won't scan the second one. So she calls the manager, and the manager's like, oh, yeah, you got them bottles, you can only buy one. And I'm like, dude, it's 28 bucks. I can only buy one? And he goes, he goes, uh, he was like, the reason you're buying it, you know what it is, and I was like, Yeah, I know what it is. And he's like, We he's like, Look, we only get like one case of this. Like, he's like, We get this less than the rest of them. And uh, at 28 bucks, he's like, Someone will buy the whole case. And I'm like, He goes, But you could come back tomorrow, and I'm like, I'll see you tomorrow, sucker. If it's good, if it's good, and then I just tasted it, and it's just like Blanton's or Buffalo Trace or
0: so, Pappy Van Winkle. Like I'm, I'm just pulling it up now. I mean, that goes for five
1: yeah. hundred. So, so look, um, w- yeah, uh, I think it was Colonel Weller was running the distillery and selling whiskey back in the day, and then Pappy Van Winkle or Van Winkle was like his head salesman and he wanted his own line of whiskey. So he's like, okay, what do you do? And they just aged it longer. Okay.
0: That's cool. I, I'd only heard of Pappy. I hadn't heard these other ones.
1: Well, Hey, when you start hitting uh, like I'm always in Kentucky teaching classes, so I'll hit the bourbon trail. Um, you start learning like, man, you know, Jim beam, knob Creek, uh, they're all made at the same place. It's just different years, different barrels where you put the barrel. Right. So even though it's all the same, yeah. like, um,
0: match. did you have alcohol coming to you on every right. deployment? Not that you're allowed to do that, but I would assume.
1: Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Yes, always. say gotta say allegedly. That's that keeps you, <laughs> that keeps you legal in 2021. 20, uh, I would go find it. I was the guy to go find it, wherever it was. I'll find it. I'll be back. Might but you'd find it
0: minute, on find on a base somewhere, not locally? Or, or were you that good, you could like source it locally in a Muslim country?
1: Oh, yeah. I'd go down. I, oh, dog, I hit Chicken Street. I'll track it down. I'd... I do, <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, I'll go hit downtown Mansour District. Look for the Christians in Baghdad. Like, I'll I'll run it down. Hey, what is it Chicken is.
0: Street? Because I just I'll read run. about that. Um, I, I should know it. I don't. But can you just provide some context on that?
1: That's the yeah. That's like the flea market street in Kabul. You know what I mean? Where it's like it's a it's a Saudi Arabian sword slash rifle slash scissors, slash you could dig in a garden with it. You know what I mean? Like the, like all this crazy shit they saw. Yeah.
0: No, I, I just read about it and I had never heard about it and then you just brought it up. So, all right. That's cool. So look.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then look, in light of Afghanistan, I'm drinking out of a cup, a hotel cup, because I'm on the road. It probably, look, it's already leaking. It's not even going to make the whole uh, thing just like anything. We'll Afghan, it. it wouldn't make a whole hour. So look,
0: we're, um, just with everything going well, on in Afghanistan, I, I was thinking the past couple of days, I wanted to reach out to you. I, see, I saw that you had posted a few of your uh, pics from your days back there on social media. And I know you spent a lot of time there. So I was just curious to pick your brain a little bit with what's going on. And I wanted to just for people when they yeah. listen to this because things are changing rapidly. Most updated info as of right now, there were two suicide bombings today. ISIS claimed them, killed 13 US, 18 wounded as of now. I'm sure that the the numbers will change drastically as they do um, as time goes on from an attack, but we're dealing with that, mass evacuation. It's just crazy what's happening right now, right? So I thought who better to hear from than you.
1: Thanks, man. You know, I I would like to say that we had these conversations before my feet ever hit the dirt in Afghanistan. We had the this is where empires go to die conversations before we even touched the ground in Afghanistan. So we've talked about this. We always knew this. I mean, the details of how it goes down is semi-shocking. But the reality is, is everyone knew it was going to go this way. Yeah. Hate to say it, but I'm just I'm not saying so, I'm just saying.
0: So look, let's let me do this. When we talked before, we talked about some of your time there, but how much time did you spend in Afghanistan when you kind of look back?
1: Uh I have uh three Afghan side rotations. I have uh uh, one not Afghanistan side rotation. Um, I have. I mean, I don't even know, man. The, the time spent on these things. Is so a lot, time, years. a lot of time. A lot of time there, and then. Yeah, but but not only that, not only am I spending a lot of time there, but I'm hanging out with guys that are spending a lot of time there too. You know what I mean? And combined, like, com- if you. You get, you know, each guy's got three or four years there under the conditions that it was in at the time or whatever. And then you get, you know, 20, 30 guys together. That's and a lot of When
0: you were there, just experience. before we dig into some of this, were you working with the Afghan army at the time? The some of their commandos or, you know, I don't know if you can say that or not. I'm just wondering if you were out on your own or if you ended up partnering up with some of these forces.
1: Uh, yeah, we had our own selection. Uh, they later turned into the Tier One Force, um, and we had selections. Wow. And we so you we had guys.
0: Th- that's like, where yeah. I kind of I wanted to make sure we yeah. we hit that point because so much of what we hear, like they lost uh, the last number I yeah. saw was like sixty six thousand over twenty years, right? Like the Afghan Army fighting this yeah. this fight, yeah. and there's a lot. Yeah. A lot of attention yeah. on getting interpreters yeah. out, people we fought with, that sort of thing. And as a pilot, I just never yeah. experienced that, that side of it from the air. I just didn't interact with anyone. I'm really interested to hear of uh, the type of relationship you ended up having with some of these guys on the ground uh, from the Afghan side,
1: what it was like. Yeah, uh, I lived with a governor in Oregon. Uh, he hated the taliban he hated omar uh, i think omar took his eye uh he wore an eye patch i never seen under the eye patch uh omar took his eye killed his old family when he rose the power of his providence he was sworn yeah. to kill omar which i don't blame him i do i'd be i'd be coming after you you took an eye from me i think um or, or maybe i could let it go who knows we'll see uh, ain't no one got time for that, right? But uh, I live with him, man, and uh, a lot of those guys, you know, they mean well, right? And a lot of the people are just regular people, man, you know. And a lot of the people, and I know this is gonna sound harsh, but most people in the country live in almost biblical times. If it wasn't for vehicles and cell phones. They would still be doing everything it with the way it was done hundreds, if not thousands of years ago. They, they they beat the wheat with a rock, right? Like it's they cut it down, they beat it with a rock to make their flour. They cook on patties of cow shit. They dry them out, they cook on it later, right? So uh, this is what they do yeah. uh, and and I'm not judging them. This is the life they live, right. Um, and, I, and I know for some people it's hard to comprehend, right? So in, with some of these guys, man, um, as you start to become and get a little power and you got guys and you're a brave fighter, and people follow you, right? Look, everyone thinks that Afghanistan was about basically two things, beards and religion. And that's what all of this has been about, beards and religion, right? But that's bullshit. And that's a—that's uh, the fucking macho guy's thinking of what happens here because he wants to grow a beard and go kick ass. And the truth is this is about money and power. Same shit it's about here. I mean, and, and think about this. I would say this is uh, just in my quick reading the news because I don't want it to piss me off and ruin my day. So I limit my intake of, you know, people I possibly know getting their heads cut off in the next week or so. Uh, You know, I I taper my news down, but, you know, it's about money and power. Think about this. The Taliban sold the rights to mining in the mountains to China for three trillion dollars. You know, I heard... They, there was $6 billion in equipment that they stole from the U.S. Facial recognition surveillance, drones, armored vehicles, you name it, explosives, ammo, guns. We left it, right? And we're going to be fighting those things for the next fucking 50 years. But I can tell you this. The Taliban already sold all of it to everybody. Uh, anybody of the who's who of who should these guys- have it.
0: The, the guys that you were fight like these tier, the, the people who became the tier one Afghan units, um, how, how would you have put the, how how did they fare when you went into combat? How close were you guys going in and working together? But personally, like, did you oh, develop a pretty close personal everybody. rapport with them? Damn. And yeah, absolutely. How, how were they as fighters?
1: Some were brave Some were physically fit Some were sometimes lucky Some sometimes weren't It's that cross section of humanity And I'll tell you this uh, You know we selected those guys Based off of the number one quality you select a guy like that based off... How much of time you do calculate? you have
0: to assess him? Oh, Jesus. Two hours. God, I don't know. Um, curiosity? <laughs> what?
1: No. Trust.
0: Yeah, That
1: makes Who sense. Think so two hours
0: trust? would be hard to, to assess, I would think, but... If you got to do anything, you got to get that.
1: Are, are they actually retarded? You know what I mean? Uh, can they carry a gun and use a gun? And are they trustable? Because yeah. if they're not trustable, we don't need these guys fucking here with guns. End of discussion. End of story, right? <laughs> Nothing else is... Don't pass go on that. So... Yeah, we selected guys we so, thought we so. So, take me
0: if you can take take us through maybe one of one of the hairier times in Afghanistan. We talked about your solo ops, right? If you talk about one where you brought some of these other commandos yeah. along or whatever you referred to them as at the time, what's like one of those missions? What would it have been like? And I, I guess I'm yeah. I'm just trying to get a sense of this because I would assume you got the best of the litter, basically, right? So. If you're going in and fighting with them, it's got to be good.
1: Okay. All right. Hold on. In remote geographic regions, the best of the litter Uh, is just who's geographically close and can make it. It, But I'd also say this is – but I'm not knocking any Afghans by saying this. I'd also say this is – you know the unit'll never be full. And how big is the pool at DOD? Everyone in DOD is eligible, and it's still not big enough. So when you're looking for good guys, you're gonna need more than just who lives in this village. Oh yeah, you might pick up four. You could pick. There could be ten. But what if we needed thirty? Oh, by the way, those could be the only ten guys around. Like, okay, it's just us, dudes. So are you in? I'm in. Like, I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, dude, there's so many other factors involved, but it, it's it's trust, you know. And, and I'd also say this is any guys that are close, like they're hanging out together, they know each other, you know, they're joking around. Why together, is that? Grab those guys. Right. Because then, well, you could exploit their sense of friendship or brotherhood to be yeah. loyal to you. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a sense of loyalty. Right. So, um, yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say the pool just wasn't big enough to get super quality guys. We got what we got, but you know, we would, we would go out and, you know, we do all the missions that we would normally do, but instead of two of us, if we had five of them, We'd have seven. You know what I mean? Like like seven's how we, gotta be safer.
0: T- tell like what's the different it, difference in mindset for the two versus seven op like that? How how do you prep going in? What is your focus on the on the ground when you're hitting the target?
1: Yeah, you pretty much ignore them and you treat them as a bonus to any situation that you could do. Right, because think about this. Okay, if you were going out with seven guys, how many guys would really know the yeah. plan anyway? So it's kind of really what happens anyway, right? So you don't tell them shit. You take them out in the woods. That way they can't tell their families or whatever. You're going wherever, right? You take them. You go somewhere. You do whatever. You come back. You tell them go home. Be back in like a week or so. Sunday. Be be here by sundown in one week. But are you pushing
0: it. them first in the stack? Like Don't if forget you're going in your somewhere. Or are you leading in and keeping them behind?
1: Oh man. Depends what's the smart play. I mean uh I would tell you this is like uh we used to do these large convoys in uh uh where would we go? I think it was De Ra Wood uh, with, you know, we bring like 20 to 40 guys with us and I'll tell you this, you have vehicle troubles having that many dudes, like you could push a car or you could, like, it's <laughs> fucking super handy having that many people. You know what I mean? But, as, as for quality, I mean, just because you lived in a war zone and have an AK, yeah. uh, your entire life doesn't actually make right. you ramble.
0: Listen, as you go, as you think through these different ops you were on and and we're looking at Afghanistan and the, the years you spent there, are there, is there one or two that come to mind where you're like, as you look back now with what's going on, like that risk wasn't worth it? Or do you, do you not view it that way with what's happening today?
1: Um... Now, taking risks is my job. So I'm not about uh, taking needless risk. but at the same time, like, you know, if we're not going to do it, who is? So it's kind of the, you know, when you're kind yeah. of, I don't know, maybe top of the food chain, whatever you want to say for a unit guy, if we don't do it, who's going to? Right? So uh, I would say this is... Um, I don't think it's a risk thing. I think it's let's just do the best with the resources, people we have. Right, like it's not optimal. So look, you know what I mean.
0: One of the things we were talking about beforehand when we started recording, so people didn't get to see you and I trying to do a combo check on some new software here, but it took ages. Um, and just made me feel old as hell. And it, it felt like we were trying to do a check-in, like air to ground and like, all right, go to this freak. Uh, <laughs> uh, <you>
1: were,
0: <laughs> yeah. I
1: seen your phone. Up. Yeah, I seen you Let's go back to the phone, basics, man. I
0: I um, mapped, but like, it, you said, yeah. you said something that reminded me of a story that I just wanted to share, yeah, which cool. was, Hey, look, you, sometimes you just got to turn off the, the equipment, turn that thing back on and see if it works. Yeah. And one of my favorite although embarrassing stories was in afghanistan we were flying an op we had just come back from we were probably like up in Ghazni or wardak and we were flying back to coast at night and we got called by our like on satcom by our talk and they said hey we're redirecting you to uh, paktika so there's a like third special forces group is in contact right on the border with pakistan so we flew straight there we're getting teed up getting ready for this as we're inbound we're starting to get in comms with the guys on the ground they've got an enemy sitting in a building right near the border they've got the enemy pinned in there and there's a bit of a firefight and so there's two two apaches we come on station and the guys on the ground are like all right we've been fighting here they kind of give us that check-in and like normal for most guys on the ground, we're like, hey, we only have about 20 minutes of station time because we got to, f- you know, we're just out of gas and it's Afghanistan. So they're like, all right, get set up for a shot. We want you to take the building out. So we get in this racetrack pattern, the two Apaches. We're getting set. I'm in the front seat on the weapon system. My backseater behind me is getting us lined up. And so I'm lazing the target for a hellfire missile shot. And I'm on the target. Um, I've got the laser on it. He clears me, I pull the trigger, nothing happens. Like we're waiting, nothing happens. So we do a go around, our wingman comes in and follows us. And on the way outbound, you know, we tell the guys on the ground, hey, we can't take a shot, something happened. Each Hellfire missile has its own computer system tied to it. So we see an error message for this particular missile that we'd never seen before. And I'm talking with the guy in the back seat, and we're like, what the hell do we do? It's not in our checklist. And so we're like, hey, if my computer does this, I usually just shut it down and turn it back on. So why don't we do that? So we turn off the missile like remotely, turn it back on. It spins up, looks good. So all right, we come back in for the shot. We're inbound, we're cleared. I'm lazing the target. I pull the trigger, and it's supposed to come off the rail within like two seconds. Four or five seconds go by, nothing happens, and I, as I'm saying to my backseater, I'm like, "Hey, it's not, it's not firing." This thing goes off the rail, and it goes straight into the air, and we never saw it come down. And we were flying perpendicular into, like, straight towards Pakistan. And so on on the radio, my uh, my wingman's like, "Hey, sir, I think you shot a missile into India." That thing went in the air track. We never saw it land. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, it may have just gone <laughs> straight into space. It could be Maybe burned it up on
1: the
0: entry. Um, as we were as we were flying back, my wingman's like, "Hey, you might, you guys might want to like erase that part of the tape." And we were like, "Nah, we'll keep it. We'll keep it." And we came back and debriefed, but uh, goddamn, the stuff that goes on in in wartime, especially in that country. I don't know the crazy shit.
1: I know. Yeah. Well, you know, look, uh, you know, and I don't know who said this, but, you know, the Afghans said the whole, every time we got there, right? Like, you guys wow. own watches. We own time. Yeah. I,
0: I read this great article by a uh, former ambassador today, uh, Ryan Crocker, um, who was a longtime ambassador to Iraq, probably, I think Afghanistan, I should know that. Anyway, he was just writing, and he said, one thing that the US does not have historically is patience, right? So he said, you know, World War II, nobody was like, hey, you got to come back by 44. It was just go and win win that mission and then come back. We've got troops in Korea for 50 plus years now, and we just don't have this same type of patience anymore. But it goes along with the time and the watch statement. Like, that's a great quote.
1: I think this we have relied on technology to get us everything at the tips of our fingers. you're on your phone, right? like And what we lost track of is what was going on around us, right? We're in this tornado here, but you can't see what's going on outside of the tornado which is the shit show we call fucking social media or what I call propaganda, which is the news and all social media. You know what I mean? I think you would get better and truer information from someone in the Taliban than what you would get on Facebook today. And we call this freedom of fucking speech. Right? Like you, you can't tell me that this is freedom, right? So, um, as as we as we look at these things, what we see is we're living in a tornado, and we have tripped over every fucking paperclip, every piece of yarn that anyone ever lays in front when of. When you say our that, correct?
0: Toes, do you mean like we, we kind of gravitate over. towards something that's insignificant?
1: We take the bait on everything. Yeah. 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 Like, every, you know, you think the Chinese haven't been fucking trying to set us up to look bad in Afghanistan? Right? But, oh, okay, so we didn't take any of that into consideration because we didn't even take in consideration safety for our own fucking people. So you think the second order effect of trying to keep the other world superpowers from being evil superpowers? You, you think you're going to pull that off? You couldn't even get the people out of there. Like you know look like, think about this look at all the things look at all the things from 19 fucking 80 when we first got involved in Afghanistan right look back to 1980 hell look back to 1977 79 right and i've talked to these guys that were there i know a lot of these guys that were there right and so do you you know some of these guys right you go back that long Tell me one thing we have done right. So what is this my question now? You mean you like, is, what are the chances the we we're going to get this right? Or
0: wrapping up? Pulling out, yeah.
1: Pulling out. What do you? What are the chances like pulling <laughs> out would go well because we've done such a good job since 1980 so far? We have a track record of failure, yet we think we're just going to come out of this fucking, fucking aces and titties, you know what I mean? Like, no. No. It doesn't work that way. And everyone knew this was going to go bad, but no one wanted to pay attention to it. I'll tell you what kills me is, uh, I like Miller. Miller's one of the most genuine, nicest people I know. Right. I've always liked that guy, right? We used to do jujitsu every day. I like that guy. I just do. I always have. Yeah. And um, my only thing for him and the Pentagon is the reason the pullout was successful, I believe, in Iraq is because you pulled out of Balad. You collapsed to Balad which was the Mecca of all things fucking Iraq anyway, right? Which isn't the international airport, which isn't near the population center where a million people could show up, not miss a day of work and try to get on an airplane, right? And, and not even care why, like are you just go into the States. Yeah, I'll get on, fine. Uh, so what I don't understand is the only, I mean, think about this. Let's just say, for example, Afghanistan is one million square miles. Right, okay. About twenty square miles is the city called Kabul. <laughs> you could have evacuated out of anywhere in that million in, square miles, in the, uh, association except for those would be twenty, to and Bagram, not had this.
0: right. I mean, that's like, that's what you would collapse to. It's the it, like we've, we've to spent Bagram, yeah. eighteen years making that thing the mecca. Right. I mean, right. it has salsaite and. Ice cream, like, that is a city, basically, that's got a huge perimeter. What's that?
1: Yeah, Taco Tuesday.
0: That's Taco right. Tuesday. You got to have your Taco Tuesday. Even Surf and can- turf.
1: Even in, in Afghanistan, Taco Tuesday. God damn. But, yeah, you could have evacuated from what? anywhere in Afghanistan and not had this issue. And and if that was the only thing you changed we wouldn't be here. But that look, but none of this, nothing we have said tonight would have actually changed, prevented or helped Afghanistan in any way and it goes back to the fucking first day we laid foot in Afghanistan, right? Is why the fuck are we here? Right? Cuz think about this if we never went in or did shit in Afghanistan, same place, right? Where would the people of Your Afghanistan deaths. be right now? But
0: let, let me ask you this: if if I am, if we're saying, why did we go in there to begin with? When you guys went in, was it not Bin Laden? I feel like that's a different mission set than nation than democracy building.
1: So, yeah. Ours what do you think oh, about ours that was mission? Bin Laden though? and Omar right but it, both of those missions are quasi bullshit. in the sense that we got to take ground to go get these guys or what kill about these guys?
0: the fact that it gave us a staging ground to kill other bad guys.
1: Where you want where you want to kill him at you want to kill him on your front right. porch, in your house I, I, I agree I think that's what I'm next saying though
0: would over. you would you, you say don't. that our presence there allowed us the ability to target heavily in that area like for instance, the next two months when we don't have a presence there, if we wanted to target somebody, it's going to be a lot harder than it was over the past few years, right? or no?
1: Um, I don't think the targeting necessarily gets easier in a situation like this. Right? Because think about this. You would only rely on that targeting if you wanted to take ground and talk to people. But if you were just purely going off intel-driven, which you got to have more than one source, no single source info anyway. Or you met all the criteria for a launch, some type of hellfire launch anyway. You met all that criteria. Why would we need ground for that? And in any, any way you look at it, there's nothing we did there that we actually needed ground for. And we could have done the same thing. We could aggressively tarted their their terror cramps, right? And uh, we could aggressively went after them and done the same thing from the air. Now I will say, you want to win a war, you got to put boots on the ground. Nothing says you care, right? And the Bill Clinton Cruise missile politics of the fucking mid nineties were pointless as well, right? However, keep killing the leadership of these terror cells you know bill clinton just hits shit to hit shit yo i keep yo i shoot one missile and it kills somebody live in fear motherfuckers till the next one gets launched right and if every time i launch a missile it kills somebody and and takes somebody out of your deck and you got to replace that person and then the faster those things happen that's when that network starts to die, but that's not what we needed to do in Afghanistan. It took me <clears throat> after I retired, I had to figure out <clears throat> I had to figure out what, what the fuck are we doing? We're going after bin Laden, but we don't need ground for that. We're going after Omar. Do we need ground for that? Always good to have an air base nearby. A big one with shit to keep us safe when we fucking come running back in, stirring up a ton of shit, right? Cause that's going to happen too, right? Like it or not. Um, so it's always good to have that base, but did we need to hold ground? Right. And I'd say this, we have been absolutely Fucking irresponsible with the amount of shit that got left fucking behind. The army, every commander in the army, every guy that's ever signed for everything, anything in his life should be a fucking shame of the amount of shit that just was sold to ISIS that they probably had. The explosives they probably used there the day in Kabul, no they probably took out of a yep. fucking cachet out of fucking Bagram. Right? So yeah yeah we should we should be ashamed like look we should go look if we have to go in and take ground i don't give a fuck that you get taco tuesday but i'm not building a building so when we leave here the russians can film as they take over our fucking base you know what the russians would have got a big fucking square of gravel and all the gravel they could ever want right there in one spot Because that's what I would have left them. Why are we leaving all this shit behind? I mean, think about this. Hey, hey, think about this. Hear me out on this. We have this weird line in the sand as Americans that we just can't help but just fucking trot all over, making us look completely fucking insane. But, okay. Okay. We'll leave 6 billion, ten, 20 billion. Who knows how much? I heard six billion is what the Taliban got for what they sold, and I don't even know what they sold. So let's just let's just assume there's six billion worth of equipment in Afghanistan getting sold to terrorists. Right? Think about this: if you would have took that equipment and applied it to Mexico for the war on drugs and human trafficking, you think yeah. we'd have a problem on that border? So it's not the fact that we don't have the assets or resources to solve
0: let me, problems. Let me come back on that point, right, we to holding fish. ground. I think the, the skeptic in me thinks that you'd have to have the terrain so that you can run. Maybe this is the CIA in me. That you've got to run and build out that source network to get multiple sources like you you can you can get aviation assets from anywhere right like you can fly them in but developing targeting packages and getting on to a target do you not need that on the ground holding ground to do that you think you can do that all almost remotely with running sources from afar
1: yeah I think I could. I could have just snitched on someone right then and there. That's true. I could have been changed the last eight years. You I would know say. know what's on my iPhone? No, dude. Look, look. I, I would. Yeah, and and I would say this is a this is a topic within itself because you've seen one side of this argument, but you haven't seen other sides of this argument, and my thing is. Oh, okay. We need ground so we could run humid? Makes total I think that's sense. Pro- None. How much humid did we have going right. into Afghanistan and Iraq? Okay. And here we are. Same place we would have been if we did nothing. <laughs> I think what I'm saying is so, I don't know if so we would have been able to take all these the guys off the
0: battlefield case. if we didn't have the ground. And...
1: I think we would. I think we would. And I'm going to tell you why. Money and power That's is the That's Afghan true. way. And someone's going to sell someone out eventually. And we got the money to make all your little dirt. Look, we could have, and just hear me I have out. no idea. How much did Iraq cost? Let's More. give Iraq a price tag. I don't know. I don't even know what it is off the top of my head. More or less than Afghanistan. Okay. Okay, well, hey, let's just say they're the same price even though Afghanistan was longer. Let's say there were three, tr- tr- $3 trillion each. Let's just agree with that. Okay, I got six, give me six trillion dollars. You know what I would have done in Iraq and Afghanistan? First off, I'd have kept that airbase. And then I'd have expanded that airbase into its own territory. And I'd have brought in Universal Studios and Disney. And I would have security, right? and i would have i could have spent more money in those fucking i could have spent so much money if you gave me 6 trillion in each one of those countries everyone would do what i say why because i just pay you until you said yes we'll do that and and those countries would be better off where where is this We're trying to apply this World War II model of warfare when we were successful to definitely different fucking situation and times. And I'd say this, you can't be half pregnant, right? You want to fucking, hey, look, you carpet bomb Afghanistan, the Taliban, the Afghan people will raise their hands and say no more. What do you want us to do? We'll do it. But we don't do that. So we play this half-pregnant yep. game and we fucking lose every time because you can't be half-pregnant, right? So we, we, we're we walking into a situation we know we're going to lose eventually, right? But then we don't even control the downside of, a, okay, we know we're going to lose this. What's probably the biggest thing we're going to lose? Billions of dollars worth of equipment. Okay, how about... How about, you know, when the fighting season isn't happening, we ship shit back to the States. We get all new equipment over here, get rid of the old shit. And oh, by the way, if we're leaving it behind, I mean, look, I get it. Vehicles get blown up. They get mangled. I've seen, I can't tell you how many fucking acres of mangled vehicles in Iraq. Great. But if right. that's all we're leaving them, well, that's fine. You got all our blowed up shit. I'm cool with that. Man. I call that garbage right? That's okay. I'm talking about equipment. Equipment ain't been blowed up yet. You know what I mean? So, but you gave me $6 trillion. I could have so, done. This the is interesting. I was thinking about this, especially in as you were Middle talking
0: East, about how, no matter what, how I far in the past money. they still live in a lot of these places, take away cars and cell phones, right? Oh. Do you think bringing in Universal Disney and McDee's would change that? Really? Oh, so you bring in Westerners as the goal.
1: Yeah, because I cater to Westerners. And then once the Westerners would come in, the powers would have to go down to the Taliban. They'd have to keep the Taliban at bay. Or I'd do it myself. I mean, think about this. If I had the number one with, with three six three trillion dollars in afghanistan and some of those places in the mountains you mean to tell me i couldn't make an airport a small city i, and a I, I didn't i wasn't tracking that, effect was that you couldn't get the
0: locals way, who had the, the power would do everything humanly possible to make sure nothing bad happened right like that that's basically the the second order effect of that
1: Correct. Correct. No. Yeah. This is, this is a, I would call it the Jerusalem effect. You ever been to Jerusalem? Oh, you haven't. Okay. So Jerusalem has quarters. There's a Muslim quarter. There's a Christian quarter. There's a Jewish quarter. There's (laughs) the Armenian quarter, but I know that's too many quarters, but, and I'm just telling you. Okay. So, um, so they each have their own sector, right? And um, I was with the mayor of Jerusalem, this guy, near His name is Nir. Um, he's actually a super cool dude, right? Um, and I was with him in Jerusalem. And, you know, interesting fact, no Muslim born in Jerusalem has ever committed a terror act. You want to know why? Because that Muslim knows what it's like to live next to the Christian, right? And all the Christian sector, right? All the Christians come in to see the church of the sepulcher. It's the holy journey for them. Guess who sell all the trinkets in the city? Muslims. So when the Christians can't come because of a Muslim martyred himself who wasn't from Jerusalem, right? It hurts all the Muslim owners so what ends up happening is that second, third order effect is people aren't going to do that, right? And, and the truly, when you, when you start to understand people, right, again, it's not about religion. It never has been. It's about money and power. The Taliban is as much a fucking asshole as Joe fucking Biden or any of the other fuckheads we got in our government right now. Tell me they're any different. Because if Joe Biden could have signed a $3 trillion deal with the fucking Chinese and made $6 billion on the backside, you mean to tell me him and that crackhead boy wouldn't have done that? Because they would have. They would have, right? It's about money and power. It truly is, man. Look, look. if you served in Afghanistan and you're proud of your time and you helped your friends, this is the veterans, right? You helped your buddies and, and and you guys chewed dirt and shared blood and you name it, right? Don't be mad at this. I love that. This was in the script from the beginning. You didn't read the fine print. This is always the way Afghanistan was going to go, right? So don't look at it from that lens, the lens you should be looking at this from is I served America. I was shoulder to shoulder with my brothers. I helped them in time of need. I helped some Afghan people, but I didn't do this to liberate Afghanistan. That wasn't my goal. My goal was serving my country. So don't get mad because Afghanistan, this was in the script from fucking day one. You're like, Hey, this is your role. Oh, I'm going to play a role in war that we're going to lose. Do okay, I'll play the role What do you see anyway.
0: from the veteran community? Like, you have a big There's following no on social media. You, right? so- You're connected with a lot of folks. What do you feel is the sentiment right now amongst the, the veteran community that fought there?
1: Oh, man. I don't even want to say it, but... Uh, I feel like a lot of guys are crying in their beer right now, right? Because, look, they, they lost buddies in Afghanistan. If I lost my buddy there, what the fuck was it for? And I get it. I fucking get it. Like, trust me, I get it. But at the same time, like, yo, you did everything you could. Your buddy did everything he wanted to do. Does it matter where it was? Does it matter if it was Africa or or fucking Zimbabwe or fuck, names somewhere else fucked up that this could happen. Fucking, you know, obviously Racine, Wisconsin or whatever, fucking during the Proud Boys up there, right? Like, it could happen there. You know, oh, by the way, it happens in Chicago probably 44 times every weekend. So, you know, um, I wouldn't t- personally tie your experience, your... Uh, any of your service to Afghanistan, you served America. They asked you to go there. You helped your brothers and sisters. Of it's story. interesting. It's still a proud so story. I want to ask you this question.
0: The, um, the more I've talked to guys and like yourself that's what I see veterans, and veterans, I, and I, as I told you before, I'm not very good about reaching out and staying in touch with people. Um, I know you're getting better at it, as you said. Um, as I feel like when I was young and naive, I just so badly wanted to be in war for whatever reason, whether it was Hollywood, you know, dad who was in Vietnam or whatever. It didn't matter if it was in Africa, to your point, or wherever it was. I just wanted to go and do that and be with some other guys who were doing the same thing. Did you feel like that?
1: Were you? Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely did absolutely i tell you this is remember the the the, was sf guys in africa they got kind of chased down and gunned down on the gopro footage and then the last american dies and you see his blood right and guys are like i can't believe people would show this or that was generally the response right and i was like fuck i'd show this in the team room to fucking potential candidates and be like Who here doesn't like this? You raise your hand. Get the fuck out. That's not why we're here. Okay. Who here would want this video sent to their mom upon their death because they died doing what they were going to do? That guy raised his hand. You just made it. Everyone else get the fuck out. Like we're keeping this guy. Right? Because look. Okay. You may not value your life. And a lot of people have a hard time valuing themselves. So let's give you a value of zero. Oh yeah. But what is your brothers? What are the people you served with? What's their value? Their value is super fucking high, right? So most people will devalue themselves, right, and and you know overvalue brothers and sisters who yeah have similar. You know, services, I feel like
0: what I see right? with the veterans Service, out there right, right now, Hard to guns, your point, combat war is the you know the frustration I mean? is coming from the way that we're leaving this place. Let less so I I think they'd all go back and and do that fight again with somebody by their side but just watching it it deteriorate this way just is so disheartening I I get it we missed the fine print I, I think that's a hilarious way to put it god damn we're better than this right no maybe not
1: We're not better, and I'll tell you why we're not better. Okay, every politician yeah, right now says, but I feel like we, we were, we were never there, there doing to that. nation build in Afghanistan. You've heard that in the news, right? And that, okay, just hear me out. So, but the plan was okay. to never really nation build in Afghanistan, makes sense, like. We're just trying to deny terrorists safe haven, right? And and that was kind of the mindset going in as you know. Okay. So having said that, um, what makes you think that, um, you know, A, any of this was going to go the way you thought it was going to go, but what makes you think when – when we drop the mic and walk off that we can judge what happens after that and it's our set right like you're walking away watching this happen and I get it the bridge is burning it's gonna burn and you're not crossing the fucking river right like I get it the bridge is burning but are you sad that the bridge burned maybe But you'd only be sad until you built another one. So what I'm saying is this is the cycle of life. I don't think anyone should feel bad. I think you should be proud of your service and experience and everything you've experienced over there. I know I am. I'm happy with the people I've helped. I'm happy that the people I didn't help. You know what I mean? And I'm happy some people really didn't get help from me. Uh, But... It has nothing to do with Afghanistan. And then if you would have sent me to uh, another country next to Afghanistan right, to do those exactly. same things, I would have. And if you would have sent me to Africa to do those same things, I would have. You would have sent me to South America. like. So, so I feel like it, it It goes back to, have I told you this? right? This is the premise of PTSD, in my opinion, is there's only one chapter in your life and the greatest and best chapter you wrote was your service, right? Because there was war, there was blood, gut, hardship. It was everything your book needs. And then you thought you couldn't top that so you didn't write another chapter. But the truth is, is like, well, if this ain't over, there's going to be more chapters. Why be pissy in the other chapters? Why not just... Fucking move on and live the dream or try to write a fucking better chapter. I'm not stuck on an Afghan chapter. Look, I got to be honest. I loved all my time, all my experiences. <laughs> I would do it again in a heartbeat. However, do I think Afghanistan and Iraq were incredibly big wastes of time? Fuck yeah, I do. Oh, like, man, I love War, it. war is the fucking biggest like so fucking to unrational thing that could ever happen. So... <laughs>
0: I mean, your psychologist <laughs> would have a great day, like a field day with this, right? Probably. When, when you look uh, back probably. at that time, like, yeah, a big waste of time, but at the same, like, as you said, you would do it all again. How long, how long do you think until we're back doing this again? I yeah. think we got 20 years
1: No. Um, look, okay. Post-World War II, the longest peacetime in the history of the world. Um, so World War II ushered in the, the greatest peacetime the planet's ever known. Is there still war going on? Yeah. Um, do I think we've already had World War Three? Yeah, I think that ship has sailed and we're probably looking at a number four by now, right? Um, And I think they're not like the Nazis taking Poland either. Uh, I think they're being fought in different ways, which is us tripping over every piece of yarn on the floor. Um, But um, I think that we've ushered in this longest peacetime in history, and it's still going on today. The world's a safer place now than it was post-World War II. Except for Chicago. But, uh, well, that's true. Chicago's killed more people this year than COVID has. Google the numbers. Do your little finger typey thing. You'll see I'm right. But um, we've ushered in the longest peace. So, you know, think about this. World War One. Nineteen seventeen ish, nineteen eleven, somewhere in there. World War II, 39 to forty five. The time between right, them, Korea and fifty. Yeah, right. Yeah. What you'll see is the skirmishes so have until gotten smaller and smaller since yeah. then. Yeah. So i i i would I would suspect before Biden's term is done, we are going to be in a major war. And I hope it's not with the Chinese because they fucking surpassed us while we were fucking around with these shitheads called the Taliban. This is just distracting us from fucking what's really going on that is real in the world. And that's what I say. The so Taliban look, we go is back, a fucking yard on I, the carpet. I
0: like that. And if we go back to your trip
1: over a piece of chapters on the in the, cart- the
0: book, you did not say that before when we've talked. So I think that's kind of interesting. People, Guys have a lot of trouble right in the next chapter, right, when they come out of the mill like what what do you tell them to help them find that purpose again and and write the chapter so it's like that one that they revered so much
1: well first off you know um you were at the top. Tired also. John, like, I mean, you were. How do I top? How do I top what <laughs> I've been doing? How do you top I, that? I don't know what you mean how on you that some one. I would second, like to know third what those order are. Perks that come with that, or you know what I mean? Like, like you know what I mean? Like, I just oh, go shit. to the White House. Well, like I would. Hey, I'd be in DC. I could just go to the White House. My name's on the list. Like, I just walk in. You know what I mean? Like there's just little things that like, you know, it's just the perk of just like, if you, you know, you work for Google, they have nap pods. Why I seen it on the fucking Google intern movie. So my point is, is there's certain stuff, right? It goes along with it. But when I retired, I thought, how do I fucking top this? Like how, how is the backside of my life going to even compare? To the Chaos Mayhem and fucking shit show blood murder sequel and prequel and post-movie called Afghanistan Iraq. How do you even top that? How do you top anything I could ever thought of I ever pulled off? Like, how do you so how, how do you, do you, you fucking top it? that? Like, how so do you
0: think about that now?
1: If you think you can't top that, you're stuck in that chapter. <laughs> oh dog I think about what a I made this chicken the other day that was fucking top notch a spatchcock no shit I fucking you know what I mean but look I know this is funny but Damn. I took that as serious as any fucking mission I ever been on yeah fuck yeah that's how you do it so I take having fun as serious as me getting the orders to go kill fucking bin Laden or whoever today and that's how I'm writing my chapter. And I'm gonna tell you this, the back chapters, the old <laughs> the old guy, the post army not, old guy, this guy those yeah. chapters, this guy knows how to party. Am I right? Am I right? Am I right, right? I, but but think about it. Like if you loved building old cars, like you should get into is that, that. Is that but the shooting? I keep my mind focused oh, sorry. Go ahead, John. on what Go ahead. I love to do. And I focus. On what i love to do, and it, it, that yeah. includes my. And, family. and I was
0: going to ask, like, I mean, you spend a what? lot of your time. The reason you said you're said traveling now is you, focus you're includes my family, doing too. some instructing, right? You're shooting, teaching people to how to shoot. It. Is that part of that chapter that, that you're writing? Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. John. What, uh, honest to God, one day I'm coming out, and you're going to teach me yeah. how, Like, I really yeah. want you to hey, teach I'm me better how to than shoot. ever. Now, I would just I like to see what be better you can do to a pilot.
1: Come on, anytime. Okay, all right, all right. Not only but you feel you like that's kind range, of like giving you, that's we, another part of your purpose, you maybe? Or maybe do you don't barbecue, really describe it as purpose, but as well. in,
0: in this chapter, context okay. Yeah. Shit, I don't know. I, I think I'm like a lot of guys where I'm like, you know, I had it before. Okay, so yeah, well, let's what talk is it about
1: purpose. What is purpose? That's my point. That's my point. So so if you need purpose, well my purpose tonight is I'm drinking this. And I'm talking to you. And that's my purpose tonight. And this is as important as me, my kids' birthdays. This is as important as any mission I've ever been on. And in in focusing like that, right, like but think about this. Everything I focus on now is all stuff that I love doing. Think about how easy it is to have a good time. And, and look, and this is, I guess, in a in a roundabout way. This is what we were talking about in Afghanistan as well. Right? We kind of always knew it was gonna go this way. Right? And then it, it ends up here, we're mad about it. Right? Hey, if you're if you're Life, you're mad about it, right? How are you going to be better? How are you going to do better? You know what I mean? So in a roundabout way, it's the same situation. I mean, think about this change. Think about how hard changes. Ask somebody to lose five pounds, right? Fuck. Ask somebody to, I don't know, be able to run a 5K a month from now. Ask somebody to change is fucking hard, man. So if you where does purpose come from you think you're just given it no you decided what your purpose was well yeah. my purpose no, today it. was to barbecue and drink whiskey i'm gonna do it the best i can right like no matter what it is and 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 so i, I guess what i'm saying is when you don't write that next chapter Right. You're thinking you don't have purpose when the whole time all you had to do was tell yourself what your new purpose was, even if that's just to have a good time. I mean, you think your purpose, you're going to go, I need a new purpose in life. I do think
0: people think like, all right, what Maybe am I I'm like? What gonna is my purpose going to be next?
1: You know, and, and they probably do go down
0: that path. Huh? They don't it say I want to be a miserable I mean, let's, but they're trying to figure that, out like this right? esoteric, huge idea of what comes next.
1: Totally, totally.
0: True, true.
1: Right, right. and then what you, would, what, what you would see is you're not actually acting in a logical or rational manner as a human being. You know what I mean? You would, on a whim, run someone down and kill them through the mountains of Afghanistan with no fucking guidance issued to you. But as a retired guy, you won't go have a cocktail and have a good time. Right. Like, look, I, I think this is part of part of what bogs us down is everyone tries to make shit so fucking complex. You could never fucking figure it out. That's all political talk. And I'm like, oh, so you just decided to be a miserable prick and you're like, uh, I didn't decide that. No, but that's what you're doing. So obviously that's your decision. And as soon as you make that contract, you're like, yeah, yeah, I could do better. But look, I think this is advice personally or Afghanistan is it's 2021. I think we could do better. I think for the human beings around us, we could do better, yeah. whether that's your family or whether that's yeah. the Afghan people. 2021 let's let's do better for each other no right fuck you know what i mean i don't give a shit that you cook on cow shit love it you know what i mean and never wore shoes like we should treat you fucking better Damn. right so but but i also think people have a hard time treating themselves good we already talked about that and i think that happens on a personal level too are you going to check? How are you going to like, treat you're people that You're talking Afghanistan, don't and that's happening here like house, house do, to house. If you don't respect yourself,
0: family to family can't even connect right now. Damn. All right. So, look, I'm, I want to let you get out of here. I know you're traveling, but. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, I, I on, want to ask you know. something that you I saw come up in a few listen, comments from our last questions. video. We'll that make we them did,
1: quick. which was ask about Afghanistan. I don't know if ask this happens for everybody you when you go through selection, to the anybody.
0: commander's board. Is this something that's particularly brutal? Can it be discussed? Okay. If it can't, no worries. But what the hell is this?
1: Yeah. So, you finish just like anything. It's a a job interview. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a job interview. Just happens to be all the commanders in one room at one time. And you know the problem is in the in the unit is well, because no one shaves or gets a fucking haircut, you can't tell who the fuck is who. And they wear civilians, so you don't know. Are they questioning from you? You know what I mean? And they're like, "Yeah, it can get tricky. It can get tricky." And they know shit about you. Oh man, yeah. Hey, I went through the Q course with this guy. I'm not going to name his name. He's a Mogadishu guy. Uh, me and him were like buddies in the Q course, Ranger buddies. But it was the Q course. But you know they don't do that. But we were the army. Still, always buddy team. He is my buddy team. Right. And like when we were in, you know, he was in the Q course, he's just doing a get promoted. He was already a senior guy. Right. Like, um, so he's just doing a Q course for something to do. Um, so every time, like we were in the field, he'd sit down in the Q course. As soon as he sit down, he'd be out, his butt would hit the ground with his backpack. He'd be like, right so in the board uh, I think it was the commander like the real commander like some guy not just (laughs) another guy in the room I think it was actually commander was like so I heard so and so has a sleep button on his ass wow is that true and uh, like that was his quote he was like I bet you think I got a sleep button on my ass I'm like every time when you sit down you are asleep I mean I didn't say that right so I knew it was his words right so I was like this motherfucker dying me out to these guys right so uh, I had to answer some tricky questions and then um, one of the questions was one of the guys don't know who this guy is right cleaner cut guy points to like miscellaneous guy with like fucking scruffy ponytail hair like I don't know who this fucking guy is I was like what happens if this guy takes someone out back and shoots him next to the dumpster what would you say I said, I didn't even know, right? I was like, I'd say it's none of my business. And they're like, you don't have a problem with that? And I was like, obviously he's got good reasons, you know what I mean? Like, and they're like, they're just all staring at me. I didn't even know what to say. Like, dude, you're you're in a room full of the 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 unit, the defoe, back then when you don't know anything about these guys. Right? And <laughs> then the guy's like, and then he referred to him as, a, he's like, so this RMA. Sir, are you saying you got that question and wrong? Him, and you're not going to say shit. So I'm, I'm like, the word here, sir. No, I'm not, <laughs> none of my business. I'm sure he has good reason. <laughs> yeah, I did. Think, yeah, I was, yeah. I was, yeah, don't say that. Because if are listening, don't say that. Uh, I had to write like a, I don't know, like a 3,000-word essay on the law. All right, can I get
0: two more questions? Because there's another one that I get asked a lot. But you can't Um, murder people
1: by the dumpster.
0: (laughs) If you were talking to maybe like your son or somebody who you wanted to succeed in the military, they were getting ready to go through maybe the Q course selection for Delta. They're getting to go to RIP. What would you tell – sorry, let's just say if they were going to selection for the unit, just to pick a specific one six months in advance, what would you tell them to work on to be prepared for that? They're they're already standard PT fit.
1: Okay. Can they pass a PT test? Man, I would say this be able to pass an army pt test makes sense because you're going to be asked to do that that's just army thing you gotta you just you need to be used to it right you got to be able to swim i think 100 yards
0: so you practice that basically any stroke you want but you got to be able to swim 100
1: yards right um and you got to be able to road march and and that's really yeah, yeah. And I would do that. I would what, practice. What did Shrek do at that time? I would practice. And then if you can what swim, real don't practice do. the swim. If you ain't never swam in your life, fucking get your ass to a pool. You know not I to I road march to work like once a week to PT. So I'd, I'd wake up. I was in seventh group at the time. So I'd wake up at, like, super early. I'd road march to work, which is about eight miles, just under two hours. Uh, I'd get to PT for the morning, and I'd have to do whatever my team did for PT that day. So I tried to pick the light days to road (laughs) march in. But my team sergeant used to be a dick about it, so he would see I'd road march in. you didn't, like, kill it six months before. It It was kind of this gradual,
0: a little bit extra each week.
1: I'd be in my chair the rest of the day.
0: But you were already in seventh group, so you were probably doing quite a bit to begin with. Yeah.
1: Um... I was fit. I mean, I could pass. You know, I could I could almost max an army PT test. Um, you know, my road march times were through the roof. Like, you give me a rucksack, I'm faster than anyone I know. Um, right. You know, and that was just kind of so. I didn't probably didn't even need to right. road march. I figured it would just I would road march to kind of condition my feet a little bit. You know, harden them up a little, get them used to walking. Yeah, I would tell, I would tell like, look, if you're fit, I would tell you sometimes it's better to go well rested. And I'll tell you why, because you're ramping up that training right before you go. You don't want to peak before you go and fall off the cliff. And then you're going to struggle every day there. That is a real and legitimate strategy that most guys fuck up. Um, The next thing is, if you get hurt, you want to get hurt. After that peak is when the injuries are going to happen. But if that peak was on the last day or last two days of selection, it wouldn't matter, right? So um, I would say this is sometimes it's best to go well rested. Right. I'm throwing a curveball in here. Nobody's asked me this, but I am curious.
0: I'm not. I'm not wondering what you're watching in your hotel room because I'm going to avoid that. But if you're at home with your wife, the family. What is Shrek watching on like Netflix or Amazon? What is the current show for this guy? Oh, yeah. Uh, NCIS. Yep.
1: Um, before bed every night, me and my wife always watch that guy, Gibbs, the NCIS guy. Really?
0: Really interesting, like,
1: yeah. So, and then, uh, um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah that's kind of like right. one of our go. big bang theory is always like if it's on, I'll stop and watch. Yeah, the nerdy guys, <laughs> you ever see that? <laughs> they're funny, they're funny, right? So, uh, I would say the now, um, I try to watch everything, I watch all movies, all TV shows, like, I am addicted to movies ever since well, there's I was like a million kids, episodes, so, so kind of it never shit. ends. But like, we will watch. <laughs> and you never you know; know. fucking six days a week, five days a week. We will be watching Gibbs.
0: Well, what's like a recent movie you've seen that you really like? I don't
1: even think I've seen all the seasons, by the way. And we've been doing this probably like, yeah, it's been our go-to for like two. We years. We just watched The Courier.
0: I don't know if you it. saw that one. That's real. The Courier. It's it's got the dude who played um, Sherlock, this British guy. So it's interesting. It's kind of, yeah, yeah. So it's espionage. It's a real story about um, uh, kind of Cold War espionage.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what did what, what you watch most recently? Yeah. Nate. Nate. Man, I've seen almost every movie out there, and I haven't seen a good one lately. I feel like. Since COVID, movies are more, like, Instagram content than, like, thought through planned blockbuster.
0: It's different, right? It's different. It's not the
1: same. Like, um, even... I will say this is, like, uh, Disney put out that Loki TV show. It's not. Loki? I thought Loki was, like, probably... I would say Loki's probably the best thing I watched this year. No. And that's no. not saying much because it's a, it's a Disney TV show, but ain't no one putting out good movies because it's no, not going to make I any don't know money if you've watched movies, Ted Lasso so I even do it? on Apple TV. Yeah, so I feel like all the movies uh, no, are on to just
0: Oh, no. Season 2 is already content. out.
1: Dude. Oh, the new season comes out on what the twenty third or something. Hey, I just took a picture. I just took a picture. Took it's us so I was good. in the Palisades so with uh, with Spencer, right? Uh, and there was <laughs> they were advertising for Ted Lasso, right? Here, <laughs> look, look, look. It's a picture it's of me. So good, it's a man. cardboard it's cutout. So, so they had bleachers. And I just sat there with the Ted Lasso guy like, dude, is that not the most positive? I love it. It's so well written. It's so funny
0: and it's positive. Thought
1: that a positive TV show would do well, right, is way ahead of anyone else that's doing TV shows.
0: I know. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, love you, it. you did I got a more serious one, one I wanted to end with so like, go ahead that's it like there's not more hit me alright so let me ask yeah. you a question wait did I do my two or you got one uh, I got a question for you
0: it's like at this point in time or if you were you. going Ready? back to scratch
1: what do you think could have been done in Afghanistan I'm a
0: big believer from right. my 90s education like that's when I went through school about colin powell's from from day uh, one terms for day one and one of them is you don't go into war unless you have a very clear exit strategy and i i just firmly believe that that is something you need to have going in so i think when we pulled out of the gulf war the first time like we could have stayed there forever right i mean there's no reason we had to leave when we did we left and did these overwatch positions from the air um but we pulled out i I think I would have had something more to that effect if I, you know, hindsight be in 2020. I do think you go in, you hunt Bin Laden, you hunt Omar, you hunt the leaders. I don't think you can get away from that, but I think you have more of a clear exit strategy where you move out much sooner. How about you?
1: only one way to win Afghanistan right and um, it was it was Miller's one of Miller's strategies it's called the Waziristan uh, strategy and here it is you take dudes you move them into a town or village doesn't matter how many let's just say SF team size whether they're unit Rangers whatever Right. You give them close air support. You give them, you make sure they're covered daily. You make sure you got good reaction time. You make sure they can hold their own for an hour or two till you can get planes to them. You decimate anyone that comes near them, right? Um, and then they live in the village and uh, you educate the kids. You open a school. You you give wormer to the goat. You keep the goat healthy. You You help the children. You teach everyone to read. Right. And you keep the Taliban at bay from telling you, no, that can't happen here. And then, uh, and then 20 years goes by, I educated almost a whole generation. And the only thing I had to do was put no American hate in schools. And I would have freed the minds of a generation in the same time that we did now. The next thing I would have done is I would have shut off the money to the ISI. We all know the fucking Taliban's run on fucking bubble gum and bailing wire, right? And without the ISI, there'd be no Taliban. For
0: those who don't know, know, right, ISI is Pakistan. Pakistan,
1: in fucking general, and we go, hey, check this out. But we're just going to have to side with the fucking India on this. And. It, yeah. They, they're Hollywood. the only reason why the Taliban's still in business. Yeah. And, like, we look, we have the biggest weapon known to man in the history of man. You know what it is? No, our economy. And we not one time. And we not one time. So you would have you know, come in with so,
0: a, with a uh, very long term. I think we would we're coming have. coming in we to would educate have, this place.
1: In those 20 years, we should have educated as to every fucking
0: kid. Why, I mean, we kind of did a little bit of that, right? Like we were going into villages, but we were still trying to disrupt. But educating is not the same. Come on, you you're just saying.
1: admitted we did no nation well, no, building. Don't, I think part don't of our nation building, you're right, no we didn't go in and do, like,
0: teach, we didn't deliver curriculum, e- that sort of thing. Even though. You're right.
1: Oh, uh, is it? No, but we, we said no nation building. But we educated kids for 20 years, not as many as we could have or should have, right? But we educated kids for 20 years. That's fair. Right? We said no nation building, but we man-trained and equipped a 300,000-man army. If that don't say fucking nation building, I don't know what does. But... But we'll spend that money on fucking war equipment yeah. and shit that can hurt us. But we won't spend yeah, that money. You've on heard the saying that no two countries that have down McDonald's down have gone to war. The you idea that? that is prevented. That, that was big in the biotality. '90s, also.
0: Like based on economics, when there's all those incentives at play, you just don't have these problems.
1: <laughs> no.
0: All right. Let me hit you with this last one. This is more serious. And you, we, we've touched on it, right? But like, if you if you just had a couple minutes with a vet who right now is I agree is crying in their beer totally or just pissed, like what's the last thing you say to him to uh, to help him? I.
1: Yeah, I would say this is like look. <sighs> Your shirt says U.S. Army. It's a volunteer army. You volunteered, right? You're here because you want to be here, and this is a choice you made. Make sense? Wherever the sacrifices happened, your buddy's lives, someone getting shot, yours, losing a limb, whatever those sacrifices were, those sacrifices weren't to liberate Afghanistan and the Afghani people those those services were in the service and the brotherhood of those to your left and right of the US army don't feel bad like look there is, look there is going to be trust me there is going to be a hundred year d day celebration Right? This is going to be, I think, the seventy-five, 6, 77th year D-Day celebrations. There's going to be a 100th year D-Day celebration. Because D-Day was that important. There's never going to be a fucking 100-year parade in Kabul. There's never going to be a 100-year parade in Baghdad. And you know that. So get that through your fucking head and realize... You helped me. You helped guys like you. You helped people like, you know, everyone you know in a service. You helped your brother. You helped the the guy to your left and right. You protect him. You saved him, right? He might have saved you, whatever. You were there for each other in the service of this country. You're not tied or owned. By Afghanistan or Iraq or anywhere else this happened, <laughs> right? There was never going to be a hundred year Kabul fucking liberation where you're the last guy there and they're putting, you know, all the Kabul chicks are kissing you on the cheek through their fucking burqas. Like that was never going to happen anyway, right? So having said that, what do you think the outcome should be? Look, you did good things. You have a proud story. You're, you're a fucking, a fucking warrior. You're you're a man. You you've done everything. You've achieved everything you wanted to do, right? Like don't don't let yeah. the uh, exit until, until strategy round the fine print trek. of Afghanistan. Appreciate the time
0: again. You know, friend. ruin your and the cup held up because it didn't it leak too much. much.
1: That's what I'm telling. <sighs> Hey, it didn't. Well, I'll tell you this. Is I don't know if you can see this.
0: But oh, I see it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's yeah. really see-through right yeah. here. Like, when I hold it to the light, like, it's leaking right there on the bottom. I don't know if you can see that. It's kind of... Oh, you can. Look, look. The cup held. Yeah, Afghanistan. What a fucked up deal, man. And I'll tell you, this is like... I feel like this is the biggest news of our lifetime, and I'm going to tell true. you why. There's not one fucking person that has called Well, you were there, friends, man. You were the damn tip of the spear, for real. Everyone wants to talk about spent this. spent years there. Everyone. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, what happened there? yeah yeah i learned uh mortar barrage was exciting <laughs> Gosh. oh man in the, the battle of tora bora like i just walked up to the ridge line with me and another dude and like we were getting mortared i didn't even know i just stood there and then uh the Afghan commander told <laughs> Dalton Fury, like, your men are brave to stand up to the mortar barrage like they were. And, like, <laughs> and you know what I mean? And then him and the sergeant Major were like, yeah, they're brave, all right. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'll talk to him later. He's like, what the fuck were you doing? I was like, dude, that was yeah. awesome.
0: You're from Chicago. Like, what was so, awesome? Like, I was like, to-
1: all this shit going on. <laughs> and it was like. You were being mortared. (laughs) You could have
0: died. I was like, oh. All right. Thanks a lot, Shrek, man. You stay safe this weekend. You know what I mean? And until round four. Thanks for listening to this Combat Story. As we wrap up, I just wanted to say thank you to those in the Combat Story community who have taken a few minutes out of your busy lives to not just listen to these stories, but also leave positive and supportive comments on Apple and YouTube. Here are some of the comments that caught my eye this week first comment comes from Emilio Daddio. These interviews are very well structured and executed with a completely natural flow. I walk away with a twinge of guilt for having eavesdropped on a great conversation. Great work. This was for our interview with Eddie Penny. As many recall, uh, the former DEVGRU Navy SEAL operator. Uh, it was it, It's one of my favorites, especially his story of Marine Corps boot camp and how it changed him. Thanks for that comment, Emilio. A second comment comes from Scuba Rocky. Your ability to draw the best out in your interviewees is amazing. I've been watching since the beginning of your channel, and I got to say, man, these interviews are very inspirational. Would love to hear your own story. Really appreciate that comment. This was uh, for the interview part one with Ryan Hendrickson. We have part two coming out very soon. Uh, Next week, in fact, it's next on the on the list. And I just want to say thank you for those kind words. At some point, I will tell my own story. I think I have to find the right person to interview me who could ask some similar questions. When I find that person, we will do that. Thank you very much for, uh, for your support, everyone. Stay safe.